You're listening to Joey's Totally Tech, your tech podcast. Graphics cards are a huge part of your gaming PC. NVIDIA is gearing up to release their RTX 3000 series cards, so today I'm going to talk about some of the news and rumors about this upcoming generation of graphics cards here on Joey's Totally Tech. Hello everyone, it's Monday, July 13th, 2020. I almost forgot what day my podcast episode is uh, launched every week. How could I forget that? I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My my brain malfunctions sometimes, I don't know. Uh, We've made the move to Red Circle. As you may know, we were previously on Anchor. Uh, I've decided to move to Red Circle. Last week, I mentioned it's mainly because of the cross, uh, the cross, the cross promotion is what <laughs> I'm trying to say. And, um, yeah, so we're trying to get more people listening and we want to cross promote with other podcasters. And Anchor is a good, not Anchor, uh, Red Circle is a good platform to do that on. We don't really have enough downloads at the moment to get any advertisers yet. So we want to build that listener base up a bit uh, to get this monetized again. It was like slightly monetized on Anchor. We were making a little bit of money, not much, right? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah so we made like $12.5 on Anchor. That's good. Yay. It's better than nothing. Yep, better than nothing, but... I mean, it's a start, but we want to be on Red Circle. I I feel like it's a more professional platform to be on. And hopefully we're going to be able to connect to other podcasters and um, do some cross promotion. Right now, the ones I've reached out to either haven't responded or the ones that have responded were either testing things out or they're just not running cross promotions right now. So, you know, it's it's a challenge, like I say. But we're working on it. This is episode 20, by the way. Uh, full episodes. If we count many episodes in there, I think we're up to like 26. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. yeah, most new podcasts don't make it past seven episodes. Did you know that? Wow. No, I didn't. Yes. So I think we are doing pretty darn well as far as a new podcast goes. Um, Anchor, when we left Anchor, it's back down to 15 uh, listeners according to their stats. But it jumped up to 57 for like a day or so, which is really weird. That is weird. Yeah. That that was not indicated on Red Circle stats, however. So... Um, we did have a blue snowball mic, uh, blue snowball mic. I thought blue. you said that blue snowball. It sounded weird to me. I thought it sounded like blue snowball. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, I didn't but, hear yeah, that. We, we had a blue snowball mic. I still have it, but apparently it came in damaged. It was used and we're using the rock band mic for Lisa now. Woo-hoo! Yeah. We're going to make it sound good post-production. It doesn't sound bad now, actually, does good. it? No, I don't think it does from my end. Yeah, so I'm happy about that. Uh, if you didn't know we were using a rock band mic beforehand, you probably wouldn't have known. <laughs> so um, for the future, as far as the tech news goes, um, I already discussed this with Lisa we're thinking about doing more of a discussion format like what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Also, 
where we've talked about doing it as a separate episode from the main content. So I'm thinking you get the main content on Mondays at 10 a.m. Maybe later in the day, we release the tech news for those who want to listen to the tech news. Because I noticed in our episode analytics, a lot of people just uh, drop out when it gets to the news part. And um, that's fine if you don't want to hear the tech news. But I know some of you do want to hear the tech news. And also, we're wanting to try a little discussion format and actually give uh, more of our comments and um, thoughts on each story mm-hmm. as we have them. Yeah, I know I'm more of a tech guy than what Lisa is. Lisa, where would you say you stand as far as tech goes? <laughs> um, I wouldn't say I'm a novice, but definitely not an expert. So maybe intermediate. I mean, my background is in psychology, human services, things like that. Yeah, and I think we do have a number of people, just because of who I'm connected with, even though I'm pretty much a tech expert, I've uh, just made so many friends that aren't tech experts, and so I think a number of them are listening to the podcast. Uh, The tech experts aren't listening to my podcast so much. It's uh, Well, I take that back. I do know some... Uh, my friend Kevin, he listens to it. He says he likes my podcast. So, Kevin, if you're out there listening, thank you for listening. Uh, feel free to chime in. Uh, join the Joey's Totally Detect community. We don't have anyone joining that yet, and I'm hoping you guys will join. That's going to be a great place to ask your tech questions, as well as give any thoughts, suggestions for the podcast. Uh, let's see what else we've discuss tech news today's episode is on the next generation of nvidia graphics cards news and rumors as far as that goes uh spoiler alert it's mostly rumors because there's no real news on it no (laughs) we're speculating for the most part yes so on to the main content thank you for listening thank you (laughs) i said that kind of weird Yeah, that's okay. (laughs) Yeah, but thank you for listening. Seriously. Thank you so much. Two years ago in September, NVIDIA unveiled its RTX 2000 series cards. They were the first graphics cards to support real-time ray tracing on the hardware level. Just to be clear, ray tracing could be done before, not on the hardware level, but the software level, and it could be quite resource intensive. For those who don't know, ray tracing is a technology with more realistic lights and shadows. Previously, games would fake a lot of the lighting, shadows, and reflections, oftentimes resulting in weird and inaccurate reflections or strange shadows and lighting. One of the first games to have RTX technology was Battlefield 5, and it did have its issues at first. Initially, when the feature was released in the game, the game would take a massive hit in frame rate when RTX was enabled. But updates have improved the frame rate, and other software companies have started to become more comfortable with releasing RTX modes for their games. Another major feature of the RTX cards was Deep Learning Super Sampling, or DLSS for short. This is a technology that uses artificial intelligence to boost frame rates in games with graphically intensive workloads. Basically, if your frame rate is low and the GPU is working to its full capacity without bottlenecks or other limits, it would help boost the frame rates at those times. DLSS 2.0 offers image quality, which is comparable to native resolution, while rendering only one quarter to one half of the pixels. 
To do all of this, RTX cards used what's known as tensor cores, a newer type of processing core which performs a type of specialized matrix math which is suitable for deep learning. DLSS and RTX both use these to bring higher quality, more realistic gaming to you in games that support it. The first of the RTX lineup had the RTX 2060, 2070, 2080, and 2080 Ti, as well as the RTX Titan which is super high-end and super expensive, all released on NVIDIA's Turing architecture. NVIDIA also released a GTX 1660 Ti, 1660, and 1650 which did not have tensor cores for RTX, but RTX was eventually enabled on those cards as well, albeit with huge performance hits. It was more of a preview of what they could have if they upgrade. They also released cards branded as Super Cards, like the 2080 Super last year, as a stopgap in between that generation and the upcoming generation. But now we're approaching the two-year mark, and generally, NVIDIA releases a new generation every two years. They waited with the RTX cards a bit longer from the previous generation, but generally speaking, it's about time for a new generation. We know that the architecture for the new generation of graphics cards from NVIDIA is Ampere, but as with most of what we hear up until the official unveiling of these graphics cards, we have mostly rumors. So, according to rumors, NVIDIA is preparing at least two gaming graphics cards featuring the GA104 GPU. It's believed to be the GeForce RTX 3070 Ti and the GeForce RTX 3070. These cards will feature a more optimized design for GPUs in the sub $500 price range. Higher end graphics cards will use the GA102 GPU. GA104 is believed to offer improvements in the architecture design while leveraging from IPC improvements over the Turing architecture. The RTX 3070 Ti is believed to have 3072 CUDA cores, the same number as the TU-104 from the RTX 2080 Super, and it looks like there will be at least two boards available, one with GDDR6X memory and the other with GDDR6. Both boards will have 8GB of VRAM, and it's believed that the RTX 3070 Ti will be around $500 US. Meanwhile, the RTX 3070 is rumored to have a slightly cut down GA104 300 GPU. It will feature 8GB of GDDR6 VRAM and 2944 CUDA cores, the same core count as the RTX 2080 and it's expected to have a $400 price tag. NVIDIA's RTX 3080 Ti or 3090 is expected to have 5,248 CUDA cores and 12GB of GDDR6X VRAM. And the Titan RTX 2nd generation is expected to have 5,376 CUDA cores and a whopping 24GB of GDDR6X VRAM. And as of this time, I really haven't found anything about a potential 3060, but I'm sure that will be part of the lineup too. I did find an early rumor from May that said the RTX 3060 could beat the RTX 2080 Ti, but that's a bit far-fetched in my opinion. But those earlier rumors also had the 3080 Ti spec way higher than more recent rumors. WCCF Tech reported that the ray tracing cores will be faster and more power efficient. Ampere will have more of the tensor cores compared to Turing.
A 3D Mark Time Spy benchmark test spotted by hardware leaks suggested an unnamed NVIDIA Ampere GPU, which had a boosted clock speed of 1,935 MHz and a 30.98% performance improvement over the Founders Edition RTX 2080 Ti. NVIDIA is likely doubling down on ray tracing because of AMD's GPUs also having it on board. We don't know if Ampere will improve the ray tracing visuals or just simply enhance frame rate performance when RTX is enabled. But with more games coming out with ray tracing, we should expect a second RTX generation to be a bit more successful than the first. The first generation of RTX had been plagued with disappointing performance for the price and not being a huge leap in performance from the previous generation GTX cards. And Nvidia had been criticized for focusing on new features rather than performance. And this has allowed AMD to catch up significantly in performance with its RDNA and RDNA2 GPUs. Nvidia has competition in AMD and eventually Intel as well. NVIDIA has had increased competition from its rival AMD in the graphics card market, with AMD adjusting their prices on high-end and mainstream Radeon RX RDNA 2 graphics cards which will be launched in Q4 2020, and NVIDIA themselves may have to adjust prices a bit. We know this time AMD plans on having real-time ray tracing as well, and AMD is making the GPUs for the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X, which are part of the same family that will be in the graphics cards for PCs. Intel is also expected to release their Intel XE GPUs, though I've not seen any official release dates on those yet, and it may be a while before we see truly good gaming performance on their GPUs. So, when will this be released? Of course, we don't have an official launch date, but rumors suggest it will be launched in September 2020, which would be in line with previous releases. They're expected to announce the cards in August. Computex has been cancelled this year, so NVIDIA is likely going to host its own digital event to announce the next generation cards. Remember, this is all rumor, and a lot can change between now and the release, but I did want to mention it. I have not talked about these rumors in the news segment of this podcast because I personally don't like to focus too much on rumors when it comes to the news. I want the news to be the news, with my comments and occasional humor thrown in, of course. But I did want to go through some of the rumors floating around, as this might give us an idea of what we could expect with the new graphics cards from NVIDIA. Then again, we could be in for a letdown if we believe these specs and then NVIDIA announces something that doesn't quite match up. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Send them via Facebook Messenger at facebook.com slash Joey's Totally Tech or in the Joey's Totally Tech community at joeystotallytech.com slash community. We have no tech Q&A this week, but don't forget you can ask your tech questions on Facebook Messenger and again on the Joey's Totally Tech community. And of course, after these messages, we'll have your news on Joey's Totally Tech.
So you all know COVID-19 has been wreaking havoc around the world, and it's easy to feel powerless. But there is something you can do. It's called Folding at Home. You can donate your PC's processing power to help fight infectious diseases such as COVID-19 by connecting up to their distributed supercomputer. You can use Windows, Mac, or Linux-based systems. You can download Folding at Home at foldingathome.org. Again, that's foldingathome.org. And we have a folding team set up as well. It's called Joey's Totally Folding. If you set up your computer for folding at home and want to join the team, go into Configure in the app, go to the Identity tab, and put in the team member number, 261-660, and set up your name and passkey. And then you can start folding with Joey's Totally Folding on the Folding at Home app. And remember, stay safe out there, practice social distancing, and abide by your state or country's orders regarding COVID-19 for your own safety and the safety of others. Hi everyone, we've talked about NVIDIA graphics card rumors, so now let's get on with some actual news. Samsung is possibly following Apple's trend with watch faces. Speaking of which, Apple iOS 14 is now in public beta. A tech CEO resigns after his racist rant goes viral. It's official, Uber is purchasing Postmates and they're doing a lot more too. And traders on TikTok want you to buy a joke cryptocurrency. Walmart is launching Walmart Plus. Google, Facebook, and Twitter temporarily halt government data requests. And Sony is launching a wearable air conditioner as well as investing in Epic Games. Hackers discover video on used police body cams and scientists discover tetraquarks. And NASA's Curiosity rover is making its way across Mars. So sit back, relax, because it's time for the news on Joey's Totally Tech. Hi everyone, it's Monday, July 20th. 20th though not 20th or not that far in the future july 13th 2020 and here's the past week's tech news samsung galaxy watch 3 software details have been leaked the samsung galaxy watch 3 will likely have customizable watch faces as well as updates to the music email and calendar apps some of the faces will use informative digital edge a feature which displays custom details like heart rate or the number of steps you've taken. The leaked images show a date of July 22nd on the watch faces, suggesting that this may be the reveal date. The company is expected to release two size variants as well as LTE and Wi-Fi only options. What do you think? Are they copying Apple here with the watch faces? Because at uh, the Worldwide Developers Conference, Apple announced customizable watch faces as well. Uh, yeah, I definitely think they're copying Apple. Well, we know that Apple is a trendsetter, and there's a history. Apple sets a trend. All the other companies follow. I mean, I had an HP computer in my early 20s. Actually, it was my parents, not mine. It looked a lot like the Macs that were coming out at the time. At least the monitor did. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, you know, I definitely think that they are um, following suit with Apple because Apple is the trendsetter. And, you know, Samsung is competing with Apple, essentially. So they need to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak. 
Yeah, but um, a lot of people claim Apple is no longer really a tech company, but a style company. Uh, yeah, I can kind of second that. That sounds about right, because it's it's seeming that way, for sure. Yeah, because Android seems to be the first with certain features most of the time. Uh, I I don't know about the Android smartwatches. Are they, do they have customizable faces? Because I don't have a smartwatch. Me neither. Yeah, we don't know about <laughs> that. I'm a tech. I'm a tech expert. I don't use a smartwatch though. But you're um, more of a retro type yeah. of tech person. Well, you like new tech, but you like yeah. Well, retro, Sam, excuse me. Samsung's gonna be Android though, so I mean, I guess that might be something that Apple is actually doing as far as tech goes. It doesn't seem to be anything that would be that complicated but apple does have a tendency to wait for the others to do it first and then they work on perfecting it and they make it stylish too yeah all right so lisa you're up next Woohoo! all right so chrome's updates to excuse me chrome's update to improve your laptop's battery life if you're a google chrome user user you may know it has a reputation of being a, a battery hog uh, however, Google appears to be fixing this. An experimental feature in Chrome 86 will reduce energy usage by shutting down unnecessary JavaScript timers and trackers when a tab is in the background, such as ones that might check your scrolling position. Reportedly, Google was able to save two hours of battery life in a test with 36 background tabs and one blank foreground tab. Of course, these are extreme conditions, unless you're like Joey and working on website development or doing research for other projects of his. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've noticed uh, on Windows 8 and Windows 10, when I've used a laptop, uh, the laptop, or not the laptop itself, but Windows 10 will try to get you to switch over to Edge because apparently Edge uses less battery life and it claims your browser may be using more battery than what Edge does. You know, I can't remember the exact message now. I'm on Linux now, so Linux doesn't do that. But Windows does tend to do that quite a bit when I'm using Chrome on a laptop. And it's kind of annoying, but I'm glad to see Chrome admitting it's a battery hog or Google. Uh, they're admitting that and they're fixing the problem. That's good. Yes, yeah. exactly. And this has been a big story this week. A tech CEO has stepped down after, actually, it was the video that was a big story. But after a racist rant at a restaurant, and it was caught on video, and it went viral. Michael Lofthouse, who was the CEO of Solid 8, has resigned after a video of him giving a racist rant directed towards an Asian family. This happened at the Bernardus Lodge Hotel in Carmel Valley, California. The Orosa family was at the restaurant celebrating Marie Orosa's birthday. Alcohol appears to be a factor in the incident. Lofthouse was also involved in a racially motivated altercation on social media later on. He has since apologized for the rant, stating that it was appalling behavior and has now resigned. Uh, Raymond Rosa, who is Marie's husband, rejected the apology during an interview with ABC San Francisco, saying, quote, He's just saving face. I think he really meant what he said and what he did. I don't believe his words because his actions speak louder than words or than the words he's saying, end quote. But he also stated that he forgave Lo uh, Lofthouse. Solidate is a Bay Area cloud computing firm uh, that's described as serving to, quote, carefully guide clients through the analysis and selection cycle with detailed business value assessments, accurate vendor recommendations, and precise procurement, of the right fit platforms that deliver major, major efficiency and financial improvements, end quote. Do we really care what they do at this point? No. After that racist rant. 
By the way, Solidate should not be confused with the business services company known as Solidate in the UK. They have been receiving lots of complaints towards them. Michael Lofthouse has nothing to do with that company. Even though Lofthouse himself is originally from the UK, Solidate in the UK has nothing to do with the Bay Area company. Is he related to the people that came out with the Lofthouse cookies that I like so much? Uh, are we going to have to boycott life, uh, Lofthouse cookies? No, after this? I'm not going to. I hope he's not, because that's going to be upsetting. Well, interesting thing that I noticed, Joey, earlier I was um, reading a little bit about uh, this um, video and Michael Lofthouse and what he did. And it said in the article, it said that he... Um, you know, he, he issued a statement after this, Michael Lofthouse did, and he said that he wanted to apologize to the Chan family. And, and, and here it's saying the Arosa family. I don't know who the Chan family is. Uh, so do you think maybe he was saying something even further racist? He just assumed that was their last name because you they're know, Asian? I don't know. I, I do remember that now, and I didn't catch it in the script. Uh, yeah, that's a possibility. It's a totally different family from uh, who he was uh, ranting against, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, probably further racism that might Maybe it was make... a backhanded statement or something, a backhanded apology. Yeah, it could have been. Sort. It very well could have been. So, future Joey here. I do need to note that... There were actually members of the family with the last name Chan. I did not include that in my script, and I forgot about that. There's a Jordan Chan, and I think a few others there that were at the party. So that might be why Lofthouse apologized to the Chan family, but not the Arosa family. All right, back to the news. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so now you're going to uh, tell us about uh, the iOS 14 public beta. Yes, the Apple iOS 14 public beta has begun. Public betas of iOS 14, iPadOS 14, and tvOS 14 are now available. If you're interested in signing up for Apple's public beta testing program, you can do so via the Apple website. The new OS features support for widgets on the home screen, picture-in-picture, app library, and more. But you should expect performance and stability issues if you're going to run the beta. The full version should be released in the fall. Yeah, I've thought about getting the beta version on this phone. I've decided against it for now because I do have certain things on the phone that I want to remain stable. But there are certain apps like... uh, one of the CATS apps for our local transit system, our wonderful transit system here in Charlotte. The Ride Cats app, that has been unstable anyway. It always crashes as of late. So That's frustrating. That is, but that's not the most critical app on my phone. I'm concerned about other critical apps doing the beta. So I personally am not doing the beta. I'll just wait for the stable release of the fall. So... Uh, so Uber. Okay, so we've got three Uber stories at least. Yes, they're doing yes. a lot of things. Yes, they're doing a whole lot. First <laughs> of all, the big story, Uber is purchasing Postmates for $2.65 billion. And I did mention last week they were in the talks to do this or looking at doing this. Now it's official. Uber is purchasing Postmates, which will be combined with Uber Eats. The combined company will have a 37% uh, market share of the food delivery sales in the U.S. DoorDash still remains the largest competitor with a 45% market share, while Grubhub, which was just recently sold to Just Eats, has a 17% market share. Uh, Lisa, I know you do DoorDash a bit on the side. Uh, yes. What are your thoughts on this? Um, I think that it makes sense that they're trying to merge, um, 
and uh you know again compete with the others yeah doordash yeah doordash is still real big uh their app could definitely use some work anybody who's with doordash out there just saying although they've uh they've gotten plenty of feedback from both um customers and um dashers uh regarding the apps (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so it's good that there's competition. Uh, Uber Eats and DoorDash seem just about the same to me, really. Yeah. I, From my personal experience, I've probably had a little bit better service with Uber Eats, but my girlfriend does DoorDash from time to time. Didn't you also sign up for Postmates, Yes, I do a little bit of Postmates. Um, I haven't done anything with it since last summer just because of working um full-time anyway so uh yeah i mean and they're fine uh their app seems to work a little better sorry doordash than postmates uh <laughs> that's just speaking the truth yeah so. so lisa why don't you tell us about the grocery delivery service they're launching yes sure uber also launches grocery delivery in latin america and canada with the u.s to follow the company has launched the grocery service in latin american and canadian cities through its uber eats app it was launched in partnership with corner shop a chilean online grocery provider that uber holds a majority stake in the U.S. launch is expected later this month, beginning in Miami, Florida, and Dallas, Texas. Uber has seen a 176% increase in grocery convenience orders since February across its 9,500 active merchants. But that's not the last of the Uber news because uh, Uber is also offering boat rides in London as a new commuter service, which I found really interesting. Um, Uber is partnering with the Thames Clippers to uh, offer boat journeys in London. Um, Passengers receive a QR code boarding pass when they book their trip through the Uber app. The boats will operate on their current set routes and customers will be able to use existing payment methods to pay for their journeys. London also has explored other transport options due to the pandemic. It has invested in its cycling infrastructure and fast-tracked e-scooter rental trials. Yeah. E-scooters here in Charlotte. Is that the same thing as those Uh, scooters we see around Charlotte? I I think it's a similar thing. I don't know if it's the same company, but similar type of thing. Uh, For the grocery stuff, so Instacart and Shipped and what else is out there as far as that goes? Uh, 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 uh in- you said Instacart, Shipped. Yeah. Uh, I don't they, remember they, who. They're going to have some. Does Uber do? So Uber's going to be doing groceries right. now too, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> later this month here in the yeah. U.S. Already mm-hmm. doing it in uh, Latin America and Canada. So yeah, that's going to be some increased competition for the existing grocery delivery services mm-hmm. the boat ride thing i mean i've never been to london haven't you been to london yes uh 2007 it was really cool awesome so yeah. so yeah that's really interesting um so that's going to that's going to be a cool thing going if you're a, a tourist there or even if you live there you know you'll have something to do with uber yes now uh (laughs) joey i had a question uh the tim's clippers um that uh is that a baseball team i think of the clippers here and um no sorry i'm not sorry everybody i'm not good with sports the clippers are some kind of uh sports team here in the u.s yeah nba (laughs) um right i I really don't know because i did not research that that's just the information that i got that's um a good question. I'll have to look that up between <laughs> now and the next time yes. that you're on. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm a little bit into cryptocurrency, though I don't have a lot invested. I've actually played around with this cryptocurrency a little bit. It's fun to do like small amounts of gambling with or uh, m- like micro tips, if you know what I mean. But TikTok traders are pumping the joke cryptocurrency dogecoin the cryptocurrency is based on the old internet meme you know with that dog i can't remember the breed of that dog but you know he says like so whatever much whatever you know it's (laughs) they're trying to think of what the dog is actually thinking uh but doge uh 
uh, the Dogecoin is being pumped by tr day traders on TikTok. They're encouraging people to buy the cryptocurrency, which is causing it to quickly rise in value. The official Dogecoin Twitter account warned people to be careful about investment choices and to be mindful of people's intentions when telling them to invest in any particular assets. There's no cap on Dogecoin supply, unlike Bitcoin and a lot of other cryptocurrencies for that matter. Uh, this guarantees inflation, meaning Dogecoin will be worth less over time. So I'd say don't seriously invest in Dogecoin, people. It's a joke. So why did they come up with this? I have no clue. Uh, well, I take that back. Uh, what the day traders will try to do is they want people to buy the coin so it increases in value. And those day traders then sell it and make money. Oh, makes sense. Yes. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a popular scheme in both um, stocks and uh, cryptocurrency as well. I think it's technically illegal to do. Yeah. But uh, people do it. <laughs> so Walmart Plus, this is interesting. Oh, yes. Uh, Walmart to compete with Amazon Prime for grocery delivery and other perks. The company is launching a new membership service for $98 per year. Walmart Plus will offer same-day delivery of groceries and general merchandise, as well as perks such as fuel discounts. Amazon Prime is currently $119 per year and has 150 million Prime members worldwide, offering two-day shipping, grocery delivery, access to Prime video content, and more. Walmart reported a 37% increase in annual revenue in 2019, with online sales spiking 74% in the first quarter of this year. So, I found that interesting, yeah. Uh, yeah. Walmart Plus. I mean, it kind of sounded like Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But well, I know it's not the same thing. Yeah, definitely not. And uh, at least as far as we know right now, Walmart doesn't have like online video or anything. Well, they do own one service, I think. I cannot remember the name of it. Um, I can't remember the name. Or is it Best Buy I'm thinking of? I don't know. Yeah. It's future Joey again. The service that Walmart owns is called Voodoo. I apologize. I just couldn't remember the name of the service during the news recording. I think Walmart has some sort of online video service, but I don't know if it's part of this Walmart Plus thing at all. I haven't seen anything about that. Um, so... Yeah, so there's some things that they'll probably not have that Amazon does have. So probably, yeah. I mean, because, again, competing with, yeah. you know, Amazon Prime. Yeah, and Amazon, f from the very beginning, has been an online store where Walmart has been brick and mortar since its beginning. Yes. So, all right. So hybrid quantum networking has been demonstrated for the first time and. Uh, this is like dealing with quantum computers, not the type of computer that you're going to have at home. But researchers in France ha and the U.S. have demonstrated hybrid quantum networking in an experiment which combined two methods of encoding information and photons. Quantum systems encode information as either discrete variables and particles or continuous variables in waves. The scientists were able to combine the two techniques by establishing and distributing entablement between DV and CV encoded states of light within a quantum network. This might be an important step in creating the next generation of quantum systems. Uh, so I know that's probably going over your head. That's probably going yes. over a lot of uh, your heads too. But quantum computers, they're just... A newer type of computer, Google has one, and I suppose the government uh, has one. I think Google and DARPA have worked on it together, if I remember correctly. But I know Google has a quantum computer, and they're like super fast, but for the average person, 
we probably won't see it in home computers anytime soon because it's not really anything practical. It's not going to increase performance gaming-wise as far as anything we could do right now. And for most of our applications, it wouldn't do anything for us. Okay, so... Yeah, it sounds kind of... Uh complicated yeah so oh, Whoa. i am so sorry i it's did okay. not mean to hit that sorry this microphone lisa is using is super sensitive by the way so yes it almost uh, fell on my face yes sorry it's okay <laughs> no worries it, it could have been noisier than it ended up being yes that's good <laughs> all right so uh okay so palantir i'm pronouncing that correctly right um, i think it's palantir pa- palantir i apologize a secretive data startup has confidentially filed for an IPO. The secretive data and analytics startup provides technologies to clients such as the U.S. government. The data, the the data the company. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I misread that. The data the company provides has been used to profile immigrants, leading to deportations. They filed paperwork with the SEC to go public on Monday. Palantir. Palantir is valued around $26 billion. From the looks of things, the IPO market is starting to get going again despite the pandemic. I apologize for the um, mispronunciation there. That's all right. That's a weird name for sure. (laughs) Uh, I need to look up sometime what that name might mean. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, uh, of course, Trump has been focusing on immigration a lot so i'm sure they're using this uh service yes quite a bit and so for that company it makes sense for them to file an ipo at this point they're probably going to be worth a lot yeah uh despite what you may feel about trump uh we've expressed our opinions here before we don't really care for him much <laughs> but <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't want to get to political here because that's not the goal of this right now uh, Google, Facebook, and Twitter, speaking of certain political things, have halted government data requests after a new Hong Kong security law. A new law in Hong Kong, which went into effect July 1st, gives China the power to limit political dissent against the Communist Party. Many of the terms of the law are vague, and there are concerns about the full implications of the law. Google, Facebook, and Twitter paused the processing of data requests from the Hong Kong government while they review the new law. This law has already caused several opposition parties in Hong Kong to disband. Wow. Yeah, Communist Party. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a concern for free speech, you know. Uh, regardless of what political party you might be in. I don't care if you are a communist. You don't want free speech to be uh, destroyed like that, you know? No. Yeah. Um. Okay, so next we have Alphabet's Loon Balloons provide their first commercial internet service in Kenya. Yeah, by the way, Alphabet, yes. I'm sorry to interject, but Alphabet okay. is the parent company of Google for those who don't know. Oh, I actually didn't know that either. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So Alphabet's fleet of about 35 balloons provide 4G LTE service to Telcom Kenya subscribers within a 50,000 square kilometer region across western and central areas of the country. I found this very interesting. Um, Loon has tested the balloons in Kenya for several months, connecting 35,000 unique users to the Internet. The balloons stay in the air for over 100 days before returning to Earth. They've designed, excuse me, they're designed to supplement existing connectivity options rather than to replace them. That's really interesting. Yeah, definitely. And in places like Kenya and other nations that may be developing, uh, you have internet connections that aren't always stable, probably less stable than what we have here in the U.S., Complain about Spectrum or whatever service you have all you want. But your connection, if you live here in the U.S., is probably way more stable than someone in a lot of those countries there. So having that LTE as a backup is really a good thing for them. Uh, The balloons stay in the air for over 100 days, which uh, I guess is fine. Um, It'd be nice to have it longer, but... 
are just meant to be temporary and then i guess they release another balloon uh so it's interesting how that works and that's great to see more internet connectivity in countries like that yes. uh google is working on a new nest smart speaker i haven't messed with google smart speakers honestly but the new speaker can be stood vertically and looks like a cross between the nest mini and the larger google home max is that similar to Alexa? No, the Alexa is Amazon, right? Um, yeah, Alexa is Amazon, but yeah, it's pretty similar to that. Okay, yes, yes. I have played around with Alexa, especially when I worked at the grid. We had some smart speakers there, mm-hmm. and all of the ones we had had Alexa on them. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Well, um, so Duke University here in North Carolina, um, me and Joey's home state, uh, develops artificial cartilage gel strong enough to work in knees and human knees. Uh, researchers from the university have developed a, a material that matches the properties of cartilage found in our knees. With over 790,000 knee replacements a year in the U.S., the new hydrogel could mean that doctors could replace worn out damaged cartilage, excuse me, instead of replacing the entire knee joint. The tests have shown that the hydrogel is just as resistant to wear and tear as real cartilage and are more durable than artificial cartilage that is currently used. It could take up to three years before this is approved for use in humans. Yeah, I think that's pretty amazing. It's like, uh, you know, I think my mother needed a knee replacement at one point. She's since passed, you remember. Yes. But, um, you know, this is going to be a big breakthrough for medicine, I think, for people. It's going to be uh, three years, like we said before, it's approved for use in people. So that's pretty major, I think, that's going to help out a lot of people. Yes, uh, Sony has launched something that would be great for us, possibly. There is one downside to this. Um, a wearable air conditioner and personal heater for $130. The new wearable is pocket-sized. The Rion Pocket cools the wearer's body by 13 degrees Celsius or 55 degrees in Fahrenheit. It can also raise the body temperature by 8 degrees Celsius or 46 degrees Fahrenheit. And I don't think they mean like internal body temperature because then you'd have like a serious killer fever that would kill you. <laughs> literally. Would be bad, yes. Yes. <laughs> but, but external, external body temperature, you'll feel warmer. It's about the size of a wallet and is designed to be worn inside a special undershirt with a feature pocket at the base of the neck. Users can control this device using an app. But if you need to use it for long periods of time, the downside is it has a battery life of 90 minutes with a two-hour charge time. That would not work for me uh, working at the retail store I work at. No. (laughs) Because it's hot in there. Lisa can attest to that. Yes. Uh, I can attest to that because I work four to five hour shifts there, sometimes slightly longer. This will be selling for $130 on various Japanese websites. Wow. Yeah. And Lisa, I know you like the air conditioning. <laughs> yes, I yes. do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Sony has bought stake in Epic Games. That um, is epic. <laughs> Sony's $250 million gives them a 1.4% stake in Epic, the company that is most well known for the game Fortnite in recent years. This investment will let the two companies, quote, broaden their collaboration across Sony's leading portfolio of entertainment assets and technology and Epic's social entertainment platform and digital ecosystem to create unique experiences for consumers and creators, end quote according to a press release. Um, A line in the press release also suggests Sony and Epic may create more Fortnite-like virtual multimedia experiences, like the in-game Travis Scott concert tour. Uh, Quote, we share a vision of real-time 3D social experiences leading to a convergence of gaming, film, and music. End quote. Tim Sweeney, CEO of Epic, has stated... This does not mean Epic titles will now be exclusive to Sony consoles. 
as the studio confirmed, it will still be able to publish games on other platforms. Sony and Epic have worked closely together for years, so an investment like this is not a huge surprise. Yeah, on PC, if there were suddenly no format, no format, there were suddenly no Fortnite for PC, mm-hmm. there'd be a lot of bad gamers. There would also be a lot of happy gamers who don't like Fortnite. <laughs> True. So, uh, hackers are finding footage on police body cams they're buying on eBay. This is no surprise to me, really. Hackers have been purchasing decommissioned police body cameras online and have discovered unencrypted video still on the devices. Supposedly, there was an attempt to remove the data from the devices before selling them, but they didn't try hard enough as it was easily recoverable using existing data forensics tools. The used body cameras are often found for sale online. Hackers have bought up stocks of used cameras, just to investigate any footage that there may be. And I think this is going to really concern a lot of police departments because there'll probably be a lot of video that they don't want getting out to the public. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And with current um, events as far as police going, police issues and and things like that going on, that could be even more of an issue. (laughs) Right, yeah, and you have hacktivist groups like Anonymous that would definitely be willing to leak this information out. So, yeah, yeah, it's like that's going to hopefully encourage police to start uh, reconsidering how they handle situations and uh, hopefully end a lot of the police brutality Uh, But we know that some places are trying to make it where you can't record police officers doing that stuff. And some places are fighting police body cameras altogether. So, yeah, that's kind of a bummer. I do think we need to be able to see what the police are doing. Because there's been a lot of stuff that's been unjust. George Floyd's murder was not a just murder for the crime he was accused of committing. He he was accused of uh, using fake dollar bills. That doesn't deserve death. No, it does not. Right. Well, uh, next we have, excuse me, physicists discover the tetraquark Particle. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Tetraquark, yes. Okay. A new particle has been discovered from CERN's Large Hadron Collider. The particle is made up of four heavy quarks of the same type. It's likely to be the first in a previously undiscovered class of particles. It was discovered by combing over the data collected and retained from the Large Hadron Collider's two operational runs. Yeah, that's pretty cool, and I know they've uh, looked at uh, things, I think you just hit, did we? I don't know what that was. That might have been my voice, actually. No, I think my voice is picking up a little bit on your mic, too. Okay. I'll have to edit that out in post-production, but that's fine. Uh, So, yeah, that's uh, really interesting. I know in the past they've talked about the possibility of, like, parallel universes, and that's probably not quite how it's probably not what you're thinking how it works in the movies you know yeah (laughs) uh it's probably quite different than what we see in like the marvel cinematic universe or something a giant flywheel project in scotland could prevent uk blackouts the project in scotland may prevent blackouts across britain by stabilizing the energies the energy grids electrical frequency the project is anticipated to cost £25 million. Spending turbines at a traditional power station help balance out Britain's power grid's frequency of 50 hertz. Renewable energy sources are currently shut down when there is an excess of energy. Imbalances in the frequency can cause a nationwide blackout. The flywheel will imitate spinning turbines, to keep the grid's frequency steady so more renewable energy can be used. It produces 
No emissions. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's great that they're uh, getting. Uh, what am I trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great that they're being environmentally friendly and finding a solution to their blackout problems at the same time. That is really great. Yes. yes. And Lisa, you've got the last story of this week. Okay, so um, NASA's Curiosity rover starts its trip across Mars. This is really interesting, too. The rover will make its way across the Gale Crater and explore the next section of Mount Sharp. Um, this sulfate-bearing era, area excuse me, is an area which might give clues to how the climate and prospects for life changed over 3 billion years on the planet. Yeah, that's really awesome, and you you may not know this, um, but they have mapped out a lot of geographical locations on Mars and other planets that they could get to, or see, rather. Uh, so, yeah, there are mountains with actual names that the scientists have named on Mars, uh, for those who weren't aware. I've known this for some time. Were you aware of that? Um, I actually was not yeah, aware of so, that. <laughs> so, yeah, they've named... Uh, mountains on Mars and several other planets too so even though we may not hear about it so much and nothing's happening at those locations that matter to us humans right now yeah those places have names that's really <laughs> so, cool yeah, yeah there, there's a lot more going on in uh, that area of science than you may realize so but yeah, it's great that we're looking at that. We're going to get an idea of what's happened on Mars for the past three billion years or so. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we might get an idea of if there's a way to uh, terraform Mars so that we can live on Mars in case we need to get off of this planet. Ooh, that'd be really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I know uh, Elon Musk is working on that. So, you know. Yeah. So that's one of his goals. Uh, so say what you all about Elon Musk. He does have some good goals. Now, it could be all about that dollar dollar baby. Uh, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> could be. Yeah. It could be all about that money. And that's probably what he wants. But. Yes. You know, there are some benefits to the technologies he's creating, and he's working with NASA on a lot of stuff. So, mm -hmm. yeah, we we do probably need to get off this planet and find an alternate home at some point in yeah. the future. Just in case. Yes, because climate change is real. Yes. Yeah, I reported in the news the other week that uh, that one city in Russia... In the Arctic Circle, well, I'm sorry, I just hit my pop filter, that one city in the Arctic Circle in Russia that I'm pretty sure I butchered the name of hit 100 degrees. Wow. Yeah. The Arctic Circle wasn't expected to get up that high until like, what, later this century <laughs> or maybe 100 years from now? Oh. Yeah. That's yeah. scary stuff, you know? Definitely. Th that's stuff we've got to deal with right now. Yes. So that's why, that's partly why space travel is important, but we also have to focus on things here on Earth to try to improve the situation. And that's it for the tech news this week. And for Joey's Totally Tech, I hope you enjoyed this episode and your brain is now full of tech news and rumors from this past week. I hope you enjoyed this little discussion format that we did this week, rather than just a straight up reading the script. Yes, yes. I found it enjoyable myself. Yeah. Do, do you find this a preferable format? Yes. All right. I, I do too. It's enjoyable. We're doing minimal editing on this. There's a couple of things I'm going to edit, but hey, mostly unediting here. And um, there's going to be some post-production done of course to up the levels of our voices but yes thank you for listening i will catch you next time